Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. So I have a question. If uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, after beating the Bills, if they went on to the Super Bowl uh-huh. and won the Super Bowl, right? would Taylor Swift be allowed on the field? This is my question. <laughs> Absolutely. Would she be allowed to grab the trophy? Right. <laughs> they might hand it to her first. Probably. She'll accept <laughs> it. There'll be cameras all around her. You know that. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see like her security entourage mm. around her when she, if she rushed down onto the field. Yeah. Right? Uh, it was interesting last week uh, when you were off. Uh, Katie was in and I guess there had been some talk. About people booing her at games and not happy she's there. And yet uh, Eminem was at a Lions game mm-hmm. and nobody booed him. So there was this whole sexist thing. Right. Swifties were going on. But I had said to Katie, look, here's the difference. Eminem is from Detroit. Yes. He's always been a Lions fan. He's repped Detroit. He, yeah. Yes. She, if she was dating a, a cowboy, she would be in Dallas. Yes. Kansas City is not her hometown. No. It's not when they inevitably break up. <laughs> she's not going back to any chief games. No. Whereas he will continue to uh, follow his Lions and good on the Lions. Look at them to all my uh, friends in southwestern Ontario who love them. Detroit Lions. They are moving forward. But the Bills. Yeah. Like, my goodness. Yeah. You want (laughs) to... And and in Toronto, they can associate. It is. The the Leafs are the Bills, or the Bills are the Leafs of the NFL. Yep. Like, on the cusp every time. And they've got a great team. Yeah. You're a field goal away from pushing this thing to overtime. A couple of years ago, these two teams played into an overtime game in the same game playoffs. It was, it's, it's unbelievable how good the matchup is, but yet, uh, they just can't seem to get it done. And it, and it goes back to who was the quarterback who, uh, for the Bills, who every year they were right there on the precipice for like, I'm Kelly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jim Kelly, the, you know, the Doug Flutie years right. as well, right? right? Um, you know, Drew Bledsoe before that. The Bills have had, you know, teams that could put it together. And of course, you know, what, what was it? Four straight Super Bowls. It, it was, it was crazy how good or how close they got. Yeah. And, just, and couldn't yeah. get it done. Cowboys, much like, you know, this in the same way on the other side of where mm-hmm. they just, you know, they've, they've got an owner who's so invested. Can't get the job done. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, we're heading into the uh, to the uh, the championship games now, right? Yes. Is that the next step? Yep. Which many and I I would agree. Although, look, I've said it a gazillion times on the air. I'm not a massive sports fan, but I do enjoy a little bit of NFL uh, on TV. And to me, these championship games, the AFC, the NFC, are more exciting than the Super Bowl. They often play out that way. Yeah. Uh, it's it's. It's without the hype, right? Right, right. You know, that's the problem with the Super Bowl. You hype it up so much. Right. And then sometimes it, it just doesn't turn to be a flat game. A travel company has released a list of the weirdest items left in a hotel room over the last year. Ooh. Uh, things like rosary beads. Right. Caviar. Okay. An inflatable boat. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's an odd one. A clown costume, including shoes, wig, and red nose. Thousands of German marks, which were the official currency of West Germany and the unified Germany until the adoption of the euro in uh, 2002. Hmm. 
Even crazier, the cleaning staff found them stashed behind the toilet water tank. Okay. Thousands of German marks. Yeah. You'd think you'd want to remember those. A glass eye. Ew. Things found in hotel rooms. Ooh. Prosthetic limbs. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes if you're going to get busy, you got to take off a leg. Yeah, but you think you'd remember that leg when you're leaving the hotel room. As you're hopping out. <laughs> what am I forgetting? <laughs> Keys, wallet, <laughs> oh, my leg. Witchcraft paraphernalia. Oh, man. Top of the list, dentures. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, glasses I would think would be up there, too. Yeah. And unused and used condoms <laughs> I think would be on the list as well. Your boys are Gen Zers, right? Yeah, they'd be Gen yeah, Z. Yeah. So. What would mine be? I guess, is it Gen A? Am I? What am I? I'm almost a boomer. Right, but uh, not. I think I'm a Gen X. X. Boys would be millennials. I guess guess my boys would be millennials. Yeah, so your boys are Gen Z. Well, supposedly there's a thing Gen Z kids are doing, where uh, when they take uh, family photos, uh, they're covering their face. They're putting their hand over their face. Okay. Someone claims that's a new trend among Gen Zs. Why? Called the nose cover. Uh, well, because uh, I guess their parents take a lot of family photos and they don't like it all being shared on social media without their permission. Gotcha. And maybe there's some teasing or some bullying in school that goes yeah. on with it. I mean, I guess I can understand that. If, if I'm, if we're setting up a family photo that's going to appear in whatever our family calendar or, mm. you know, in our house somewhere mm. and my kids doing that, there'd be a long conversation <laughs> following that. Right. But we're also not the type of parent you take a lot of stuff and post a ton of it to social media. Right. I, you know, if and I it, it, actually, if I do, like Evan asks to see the photo first, and I'm like, yeah, sure. Oh, he does. Yeah. 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 Well, that, they're very aware. They know. They, well, and that's exactly it. They know, you know, and, you know, I, uh, it, for the most part, like I'm posting things to Facebook. It's mm. to share with his grandparents and aunts and uncles right. who, who follow based on that. Right. Not necessarily, you know, on, you Instagram or whatever other profiles. Yeah, you don't platforms. share. Uh, well, because you have your public Facebook and yeah. then you have a private one, right? Well, I have a personal one that right. kind of is again for aunts and uncles right. and family. And your uh, your uh, penis shots. Right. That, that's that's a different one. That's the OnlyFans <laughs> account, Craig. That's how I'm making the dough. Yeah, that's why you're still here. Your OnlyFans <laughs> is not doing well. No, mine's called the Only One Fan account. <laughs> you're the only person OnlyFans ever canceled. That's right. It's not worth our whatever it is. To... You're taking up server space. <laughs> I have to charge you. <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah, so this is a thing amongst uh, Gen Zers now, the uh, nose cover. You know, oh, it, my it's, goodness. It's funny, and just as your kids age, like when they're young and they're just starting to talk and they're, you know, using words properly, it's it's very cute and it's adorable. But when they get to, and it's probably your kid's age now, where they are, you know, tweens, they they think they've got a whole grasp on everything. Right. And you'll hear them talk and you just want to smack the stupid out of their mouth. Like mm-hmm. they, 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 they say the most ridiculous things about whatever the topic is and they're so certain they're right. 
Right. On everything. And and I know they've got to grow and learn. And I remember it was with my boys, too. I used to have these conversations, and I'd hate to sound like my dad, but I'd like, you, listen. Give yourself ten years. You're gonna. You're, it's you're gonna look at this totally different. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for life experience, but you have to actually experience life in order to get. Yeah. Um, and, and as parents, we have a lot more of that life experience, obviously, but you have to let your kids mm-hmm. experience it. Now, uh, you really want to guide. As much as you can and mm. help out. And you hear these conversations and the things that they say or the moments that they go through. I mean, we're coming up on exam time okay. now, right? Wow. And that's one of those things where I look back on it and I, I, you know, I know how my parents dealt with it. My father was very much an authoritarian when it came to, to, to school and mm. to marks and, and, um, and there was a line. It was a very fine one that you had to, uh, had to follow basically in order to get good marks and op- keep doors open for yourself. Right. Was, you know, that was in, his, in retrospect, that was the message, right. right? Right. It was like, Hey, don't, don't screw over one topic. You never know when you might need that later right. on in life, uh, or with what you decide to do because, you haven't, you might have made decisions that you think you want to do with the rest of your life when you're 12 years old, but that may change and likely will. And obviously, for your father's background, coming from a third world country and fighting his way to become yeah, a doctor, you, had to do you that. know, he knew. Whereas so many people who come from different countries, like I remember Maria saying this of her, of her parents uh, who were uh, Italian and didn't have much education. She didn't even know if they knew that she was even in school. Right. It meant nothing to them. Right. You know, there was no. So was your mom very much about education or it was mostly your dad? Mostly my dad who who pushed that. Right. But, you know, you can see that attitude that happens with a lot of people who who are raised in this country. Right. Right. Where you're looking at like, oh, well, this guy driving an Uber. Well, that guy driving an Uber could have been a doctor. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. You know, had to, to go through that education just to get out of his own country to get here and drive an Uber for you. When I was parking cars out by the airport way back when, there was a guy we worked with who, at the time, he seemed ancient, and he was probably in his late 40s or early 50s. He had been a lawyer in some yeah. third world country, and all he could do was park cars here. Yeah. That's, that's the only job he could find. And so I guess, you know, in the end, you know, when it comes back to that conversation as we get through to our kids, it's like, oh, man, like, you... Don't take things for granted. Mm. You've got a great situation. Yeah. You're, you're a leg up on half the world just by being here yeah. in this country right now. Don't blow it because, you know, you just don't think it's worth it right now. Now, it's been, it's been too long for me to remember in school. <laughs> it's never that important to me. I, I took the treehouse program through most of it. <laughs> Um, when I was in high school, it was the, the it was set up as one three one was like general general. Yeah, that's why they then one four one was like uh, I mean basic. basic general and advanced. Yeah, I think you had. and yeah. I was one three one three one throughout the whole thing. So education meant zero to me, and I wanted out of it. And so, um, luckily, both of my boys, uh, David worked a little harder at it than Daniel did. Daniel did very well in school with very little effort but do you find now with your boys is school easier for them than it was for you i sense that kids get just kind of shuffled through whether they're doing well or not they get moved on to the next grade there's no failing of anybody anymore 
I, I think there is still some holding back, but it's more to an extreme. Right. And, and the idea is you don't let them fall behind because they won't get a lot of help getting picked up. Right. Right. It, it's up to, under you to do that. So you sense they're learning. I don't things. know. I, yes. And I don't know if it's necessarily easier. I think, I think the world that we live in now with, you know, I, I've said it before, you're not allowed not to know things now. Like, it, you know, where we've talked about how millennials, especially Gen Z's, will have this attitude, well, you know, I don't need to know that or I don't care to know mm. that. Well, you know, the answer is literally in your hand. Mm. The answer to everything is literally in your hand now. You know, it, and they're too lazy to go even find it. Right. Like it's got to be so frustrating as a teacher to have to deal with this, you know, because the only line they had back in our day was, well, you're never going to have a calculator with you all the time. Right. Right. <laughs> now, what do you say to that kid? Because they literally have a calculator with them all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's not going to be this year, but in the next year or so. Uh, I guess the Ontario government has said to the school boards, you can ban phones if you want. And now it's up to the school boards to figure out how they're going to deal they're with that. They're having those conversations. And, uh, you know, Toronto School Board had, you know, last week and are going to have, you know, study into or at least look further into banning cell phones from schools. As it is, like, you know, I think... In with, European Ireland, I know they it's, it's banned. Well, There's a few European countries. Like, for my... I don't, Evan's different. He's high school. Christian, they, at, at the younger ages, um, they're allowed to bring cell phones to school. Once they get to class, they are locked into a, a drawer or a okay. locker or something like that, and the kids don't have access to them. And I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I, I, You know, when I hear that there are cell phones in the classroom... Or I'll get a text from Evan. I'm like, are you in class? Like, right. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing on your phone? Yeah, that's, see, that's just right. That drives it's, me crazy. Well, first and foremost, it's incredibly disrespectful to the person who's teaching you in yep. front of the class. Yep. And, and don't be that. I'd you know, be disappointed if you're being the disrespectful one who's texting while that teacher is teaching something. Right. Um, secondly, you know, the argument from the parental side, because this is how we are nowadays, is that I need to know where they are. If there's an emergency, I need them to be able to get a hold of them. I need to know if Jimmy is happy. You know, but, <laughs> but the funny thing is we're notified of almost everything that happens right. immediately at the school. And I don't look at half the notifications yeah. that you get, yeah. right? We are, you can be so involved with your kids schooling. The kid, the, the teachers send home this, they have a program where they send the kids the homework right. and it, a notification comes to me, an email comes to me. Yeah. And I look at it. I got 15 of these emails, you know, in the last two days. Right. I'll look at one. If, Jim, <laughs> if, if Jimmy has a seizure in the class, they're going to be a hold of you very quickly. You're going to know about it. Yeah, yeah. And I know that uh, school boards are already saying, the uh, Toronto School Board is already putting out the word to parents. Look, we've got people in the office. If right. there's an emergency that's so dire that your kid needs to be informed. Uh, and I don't even know what emergency would be so dire that your kid would need to be pulled out of school. Okay, if if all of a sudden... Uh, a kid in grade seven, their mother or father dies in a car accident in the middle of the afternoon. Horrific, of course, but 
What is dragging them? Like, I don't know what it would be that would be so horrific that your parents would have to get a hold of you no, and have you are, brought to the office. There are situations. Listen, we had a lockdown in our school, right, right? In, in, in Evan's school. And so right away, it's like, hey, are you okay? It's like, right. yeah, I'm good. I'm here's where I am. Can you come pick me up? Okay. So having that is a useful tool at that point. Plus, right. we have to see all of the horrific uh, displays south of the border mm-hmm. where, you know, Uvalde or whatever it may be, sure. where there's a, a shooting or there's an emergency incident. You know, you get bomb threats that happen to school. Uh, you got to make sure it, it's nice. It's handy mm-hmm. as a tool to know that, uh, yes, they can get a hold of me. You know, I have set up my teen with an Uber teen account that if he needs a ride, he can get one. He'd need his phone to do that. Right. So having him be allowed to take his phone to school is an important part. You know, can you ban them from the classroom for me? Absolutely. Right. Right. And uh, what we've changed now is punishments. Like, how do we punish a kid if they if they have their phone in class? What do you do with that? Mm -hmm. Because I don't think do they need to be locked up in a locker? I I don't know. Whatever it is, it shouldn't be in their hands and in their face while a lesson's going on. I just sense that at the end of the day, if this does become the rule that uh, they will be banned in schools, it won't be the students who complain as much as the parents. Exactly. The parents will freak out over it. If you love uh, horror movies, blood-curdling horror movies, well, they can actually thicken your blood. Fear causes an increase in uh, blood clotting protein called factor eight. So another reason just to watch romantic comedies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're saving yourself. That's right. There are now about 1.13 billion websites, but only about 200 million are actually active. The rest are mainly parked domains. Because I guess back in the day, right, that was the big deal. You could go buy, like, a sex.com and right. sell it for a fortune. Well, anything you saw that was going to, you thought was going to hit it big. Right. Like, okay, I'm going to go get the domain name right away and steal it, right? So was there a time you could have, like, registered NHL, NFL.com? Yeah. You could have, some dude could have just grabbed them. Well, and then there was, not only that, you were seeing um, settlements mm. to buy that the naming rights over. Right. I think one of them I heard that the the PGA, like PGA.com, mm. um, it was like the potato growers of America had that <laughs> website. Oh, wow. And then I think that's why you have PGA tour dot com now. Oh, instead, okay. Right. I just got uh, a copy of uh, John Daly's book, Living in the Rough. OK. I heard it's amazing. I'm really looking forward to reading it. There'll like, be some stories in there. He's really open and honest yeah. about his life. I'm really looking forward it to reading it. Might have been it. written in Sharpie. But. <laughs> what a life. What a story. What a human being. Uh, 90% of the people in the world live in the Northern Hemisphere. OK. This doesn't seem right to me. The average height in the NBA has gone up about three inches since the league started in the late 40s. It's States that in the late 40s it was six foot three and now it's six foot six. Wow, only three inches. They, they couldn't have been six foot three in the 40s. Well, yeah, I I guess the, I don't know, but the average height it certainly wasn't the average height of the regular population, but even the average height in the NBA, you saw a lot of guys who were under six feet. Mm. 
Um, and, and they didn't have the extraordinary tall. I mean, Victor Weminyama is what, seven foot three or something like that? It's right. ridiculous. It's crazy now. And isn't it, uh, like in the NBA, much, I guess, like the NHL, in the NBA, you've got to be, I guess there's your, there's your odd guy who's smaller and still really great. But you've got to be six plus to even be considered, right? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I remember growing up as a fan of a guy named Spud Webb, and he <laughs> was great like name. five foot nothing, right? And won the dunk competition. Yeah, like he, like he could jump his own height. It was it was insane. So, but e- you don't see that now. So even in uh, in the NHL, is there like kind of a height and weight requirement? Like if you're five eight. And uh, 180 pounds, you're not cutting it. There have been a few, right? right? Uh, and, like it's it it's not that you're all. There are guys, you know, the charos of the world, the six foot eight monsters mm. that are out there, but they're few and far between. The average height would probably be just over six feet, six right. two, six three. But you get guys like Connor Bedard is you know five eleven, six foot. Right. You see more of that now. The okay. difference is 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 that. You know, they're not 5'11 and 127 pounds. Right. These guys are Tanks. very well built. And right. when you see their legs, was, we were talking about that the other day. We were walking through an airport. Uh, it was in Chicago. And up ahead were a couple of guys. We're like, well, they're hockey players. Mm. You, like, you can just see yeah. in the way that their their legs are, are shaped. Like, okay, bow-legged and massive thighs. Uh, these guys are hockey players. I finally finished watching the uh, Borea Salming. Okay. Worst show ever the acting is horrible but it it is so funny to see how they treated themselves in the 1970s right you know just the drinking and the smoking in the dressing room and just like (laughs) summer jobs because they weren't making enough money to support Uh themselves and i learned something you know it's funny so it's funny how you convince yourself of something i saw the toronto maple leafs and the boston bruins I had front row seats at Maple Leaf Gardens with my dad because he used to get um, uh, tickets through work. Mm-hmm. And I have told myself forever that I saw the night that Solomon got cut. Oh. I was, I had, I've told this story a thousand times. Right. I was at the game. Yeah. It wasn't. No. It was against the Detroit Red Wings yeah, in it was Detroit. In Boston. <laughs> I've been, I'm like OJ. He's convinced he didn't kill his wife. And I've convinced myself I saw the night. I'm watching this thing going, I, holy crap, I've been lying to myself this entire time. I was sure I was at that game. I do know I saw him in the dressing room in the 80s when he looked like he had been up all night partying. Right. And here's another interesting little fact about that thing. Um, so they, they do highlight his, his use of cocaine. Okay. But in the show, they claim he only did it once in the seventies and that's why he got suspended. And at first he was going to be suspended for a year and then it was only like eight games. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure his cocaine usage dragged on for a very long time. This is always the rumors I heard. Right. That he loved the baggie. I, I don't know, but it fe- I feel well, like I feel like in the honor of him, they kind of skimmed it. Perhaps, but you know, also the fever of Toronto and rumors, right? Then tend to spin yeah. out of control. Yeah. Anyhow, oh, it's so bad. It's, <laughs> it really is the the worst acting I've ever seen. Director Wes Craven kept the voice actor of Ghostface hidden while filming Scream to create fear among the cast. Mm. 
It haunts Christian Anderson's original version of The Little Mermaid. The mermaid kills herself in the end. Oh, that's pleasant. It was published in 1837 as part of a collection called Fairy Tales Told to Children. <laughs> Go to sleep, kids. <laughs> yeah, good night. Curious George doesn't have a tail. And because oh. of that, there's a theory he's not a monkey. He's an ape or a chimpanzee. That's why he can wear shorts. Mm-hmm. One of the last inventions Thomas Edison ever worked on was a phone to connect with the dead. <sighs> Don't hear Ooh. that one coming up all that often. <laughs> it was the light bulb. And then that. Uh, it was the light bulb, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sissy Space, oh, I guess that's why they call those Edison balls. That's right. Oh, I see now. Sissy Spacek slept in her bloody dress for three days while filming the prom scene in Carrie. She wanted to preserve the uh, the blood instead of reapplying the fake blood. Okay, gross. Yeah, that's a scary movie. That final scene with the hand coming out of the uh, the ground gets me every time, and I've seen it a bunch of times, and I poop myself every time I see it. <laughs> Cucumbers are 96% water. That's even more than watermelons, which are 92%. Hmm. The most popular song in the history of Norway is Love Hurts by Nazareth. Really? It was the number one song for 61 straight weeks in the mid-'70s. And there's a place called Pheasant Island that's co-owned by Spain and France. They trade off who controls it every six months, and they've been doing that for 400 years. Huh. None of the Beatles could read or write conventional music, or as Paul McCartney calls it, dots on a page. Really? Yeah. I mean, even the thought, okay, like some instruments you can get away with not knowing. But, I mean, they play piano. Yeah, somebody must have, somebody else, maybe, uh, what's that name? The George Martin, maybe the right. producer, he maybe did stuff he, for them. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. The best theory on where pink lemonade comes from is that a circus vendor in the late 1800s accidentally dropped a red cinnamon candy into a batch of lemonade, which turned it pink, and it was a huge hit. Yeah. I like either. I, yeah. just, I love lemonade. Well, there's not really a taste difference between the two. No. The shortest career of anyone who played in the NBA is James On Curry. He played 3.9 seconds for the Clippers in 2010, and that's it. Still an NBA player. Yeah, made it farther than most. <laughs> and Krispy Kreme's most profitable location out of its 1,300 stores is in Dublin, Ireland. It pulls in about 330000 per week in My revenue. Goodness. Yeah. No wonder Doug Elliott's always going back there. You'll be the death of me is a popular mantra for many parents screaming it at their kids. But a new study found having kids might actually make you live longer. Just depends on how many you crank out. Researchers looked at the health records of about 276,000 people and found some parents are more likely to live to 76 than people without kids. That's about three years longer than the global average, meaning in the grand scheme of your life, you can go through all the ups and downs and joys and uh, pain right. of raising children, or you can go pleasantly through your life vacationing, <laughs> saving, <laughs> making love, doing things, and just shed three years. Right. Yeah, you would think all the toll you put on your body, you know, your liver, yeah. without kids for all the, that stretch of time. I think it's would just, take off more than just three. Well, I think, sure, you could drink a lot, but I think just the calmness and patience yeah, of stress. your life. Mm. Str children stress you out. But it turns out having two of them can make you live longer. If you have three, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> two is the limit? Two is the magic number right there. Stop right there at two. 
the guy who led this study thinks it uh, might be a uh, strike a balance between having a good amount of social interaction and not having too much economic or physical burden. Right. Yes. Well, and 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 it is because you know I look at some uh, parents and I see around the hockey rink that have more than two, and you know even us with two, there's a lot of divide and conquer that happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, even when you add the dog into the mix, now you got to get someone in charge of that or babysitting. It's just another body yeah. to 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 add, fold into the mix. A lot of times, okay, there's a younger uh, sibling that. They get, she gets dragged along to everything, but they're not doing their own thing yet. Right. Once they start, then you're running ragged. And, you know, I get it. If you've had a, a, a two boys and you want to try for a girl or you've had the two girls and you want the boy, okay, that's fine. But when you've had the, what is it called, the millionaire's family? Like when you've had the boy. Uh, one, one, one of each, yeah. yeah. When you've had one of, what, 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 what do you get up, keep making them for? Right. Something's going to go horribly wrong here. Like Jim Gaffigan's got a great joke. I think he's got five kids. Yeah, it's insane. And he said, you know, people ask him what it's like having five kids. And he said, imagine you're drowning and someone tosses you a baby. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's basically it. He, I know he's talked about how the, I read his book and uh, they all live. Now, I'm sure it's a fair size condo, but they all live in a condo in New York City. So right. Seven people in this thing. The neighbors must love oh. them. And when he goes on the road, they basically rent a Winnebago, and he takes all of them with him. Well, probably because his wife is like, you're not leaving me at home yeah. with these five kids. She's his manager, actually. Yeah. 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 And oh. uh, speaking of which, uh, Jim Gaffigan, I just saw the Netflix is a joke festival in L.A. is in mm. May. And it's Gaffigan with Seinfeld, Nate Bargetsy, and Sebastian Maniscalco all on one wow. bill. That's quite the lineup. Yeah, that would be good to see. There's also that uh, Chris Rock and... Um, and uh, What's his name? Chris Rock and Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Thank you. They've done kind of some documentary of touring together. I mean, I just think Chris Rock is so superior to Kevin Hart when it comes to stage presence mm. and humor and intellect. But Kevin Hart sells out stadiums. Yeah, so he's done pretty well. He's done pretty good for himself. Anyhow, if your uh, if your wife or husband says, "Hey, we've got two. Let's try to make a third. They're trying to kill you." <laughs> Look who joins us. It's Ted Reader, godfather of the grill. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. How are you, Teddy? I'm not too shabby for a good morning, you know? Yeah, it's a fine little morning. Going to get milder this week above zero so we can get back out to the grill if those uh, like our Ted like to grill all year long. Um, I was at uh, I was at the grocery store the other day, and uh, they had veal chops on uh, sale, Ted, and I... Uh, I've had veal cutlets and sauce and all of that, and I do love veal. Um, but I don't know that I've ever grilled or cooked veal chops, and I, I think there's a variety of, of different veal chops. Um, let's talk veal. Is What's the difference between a veal chop and a steak? Um, just the age of the animal. Veal traditionally comes from a Holstein uh, cattle. Okay. You know the black and white ones? Yep. Okay. And uh, they're they're raised uh, young and uh, slaughtered young. So the meat is uh, not uh, as old. It's a little more tender. Uh, Ontario veal is uh, pretty tasty stuff. It's grain-fed. 
and uh, it's lean, and it's absolutely delicious, super tender. So did you get a, a bone-in chop? Was it like a, was it a rib chop or I was did. it a, a loin chop? It was um, it was bone-in, whether I, I, I don't know outside of that. I know there was the, the bone-in, and it, it had great marbling, and it uh-huh. was very tender, and it cooked very fast, and it was very tasty. You treat it just like a normal steak, okay. and uh, it's awesome. Yeah, I love I love veal, and Ontario veal is absolutely delicious. That it is. That it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and simple salt and pepper, and that's all you need. A little bit of garlic. Right. Most times, I was going to say, Ted, when you see veal, it, it is that kind of scallopini, right? Which mm. I, I guess they shave that right down, and that makes for an excellent sandwich, at least. Well, my my wonderful wife, the the divorce lawyer that cooks breakfast, actually mm-hmm. made dinner the other night, and did uh, lasagna, and she made veal meatballs that went into the lasagna, and so you had layers of pasta and sauce and cheese with tiny little veal meatballs scattered throughout the whole thing. It was really amazing. Like you should give some veal a try. It's it's awesome. Now, Absolutely Ted, awesome. Let's talk about this situation at your house. Ted Reader, godfather of the grill, your wife is very brave to actually I know she loves the breakfast and that's that's her domain. But for her to step up and cook a dinner, is she not intimidated by your She's cooking? a divorce lawyer. Why would she be intimidated? What's she's she not intimidated, okay? And, and far not even intimidated by me. She's the she's the first I wish I could swear. I know, I know, I know. I, I just don't want to get fired. Um but she, <laughs> she is direct and to the point. I said to her, uh, I said to her yesterday. I said, "Oh, you, you always tell me if it's crappy, and I didn't use those words, mm-hmm. right?" And and she says, "I never say it's it's that." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Yes, you do." Uh, I, I will tell you, she's my best critic, and uh, and tells me the truth about my dishes. And so, if uh, if they're great, uh, she tells me, and if they're crap. She tells me and lets me know. And so, uh, thank God there are, uh, less crappy meals than, than others, but she's, she, she is a bit of a, a, a tough nut, but I do love her. She's I, all right, man. I will, uh, I will share this with you guys. So I do most of the cooking, uh, at the Van Ranch and occasionally Maria will whip up a dish. She takes care of a lot of other things. She installed a new vanity light in our bathroom. So she's, She's Mark. She's got the tools. She knows what she's doing, and I don't. But I, I pride myself in in cooking. But there's one thing that happens in our house that drives me crazy. When Maria will cook a dish and we'll be sitting down to have dinner, she'll mmm and awe over her own food. But she won't over mine. And it drives me crazy. <laughs> I'm like, why are you all oozy over your own dish? But mine, you could care less. Well, that'll tell you the truth about something right there. <laughs> My cooking. <laughs> so let's get back to your, your wife and the meatballs in the lasagna. So did she make a lasagna with veal meat or actually made meatballs and put them in the lasagna? She made meatballs first. Okay. And then just light, and they were small meatballs. They were probably about a half ounce each, right? They mm-hmm. were, you know, 
one inch in diameter, and she made a whack of them and then quickly seared them all off in a pan mm. and then let them cool and then built her lasagna. Um, you know, made the tomato sauce, didn't make the pasta, used pasta sheets, yeah. and put it together. And so she's, uh, you know, you want to check out her breakfast, go to Divorce Lawyer Cooks Breakfast on Instagram, and uh, you can see what she cooks. I'll tell you what, every time my wife oohs and ahs over her own cooking, I want to call your wife. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah. She'd, be, uh, she'd be going, no, I'll talk to your wife instead. <laughs> You're not going to get any help from my wife on this end, Craig. It's not going to happen. Oh, She's going to throw you right under the bus. I, I had I had her on my list. All right, I'll scratch her off. Teddy, if people yeah. want to talk grilling veal, lasagna, uh, the if people want to get in touch with you <laughs> for a divorce lawyer, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, you're going to find me in the social media world at Ted Grills. Oh, before I cut you off, Teddy, and I don't want to, I just thought about this. Uh, I noticed on Facebook you're throwing a Super Bowl party. Oh, yeah. Sunday, February 11th, 4 p.m., we'd be starting a tailgater party out in the parking lot and on the patio at the joint. Nice. One day only, we're going to be open this winter. That's it. Uh, DM me, go to my social media, and uh, direct message me if you want to come to the party. You will be stuffed and fed, and we'll watch whatever team is going to play the Super Bowl, and we'll go from there. It'll be a tasty time. Thank the, you. The food list is unbelievable. It goes on and on and on. So, yeah, people will definitely be stuff. So how do they get a hold of you again for that? It's uh, at Ted Grills and direct message me. Beautiful. All right. We'll see you Super Bowl Sunday at the joint. Rock mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.